Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Jordana Levine, and you're listening to the Inspired Table Podcast. Each week, you'll be led down an inspired path of curiosity as I chat to some of my favorite soul-centered folk about the things that inspire me daily in the hope that some of that juicy inspiration will rub off on you. So pour yourself your favorite cuppa and take a seat at my table. I promise you'll leave happier, healthier, and bursting with inspiration. Welcome to the second episode of the Inspired Table podcast. You know, when I first decided to put this series together, today's topic was up there in the forefront of my mind. Um, As an online business owner, social media has become one of, if not my sole form of connecting with clients, readers, and potential collaborators. But I've really struggled with what can sometimes feel like a real lack of authenticity when it comes to some of the messages that are being conveyed through social media. And while it's not a great reflection on these accounts with the misleading messages, the more serious consequence is for their followers and leading them to believe that this is their reality. So I decided when I started out on this adventure that I was always going to portray myself as a direct reflection of who I am, warts and all. But then I found this really fuzzy line that many people cross and that is into this territory of oversharing. And I know you know what I'm talking about. Um, there's this kind of gray area between trying to be your most authentic self and then deciding what is too much information, TMI. I know for me, um, at least when it comes to my food photography on Instagram, I'm always completely transparent about it. You know, sometimes my salad looks 10 times better when it's only half made. So I'll often shoot it like that. But if I'm planning on lathering it in dressing, you know, chucking a big piece of meat on top and like a big dollop of hummus, I always ensure that I let you know about it. I'll put it in the comments. I'm straight up about it because that's part of my responsibility as someone who's using social media, especially for my business. And, you know, this doesn't just go for business accounts. The same level of authenticity should apply to our personal accounts too. So I wanted to chat to someone who might be able to shed some light on this often blurry line. So today's guest is the beautiful Zoe Weldon, who is the founder of Seek a Lover Dreamer. She is a social media maven whose craft is all about expanding, elevating and educating brands so that they're able to excel in what can seem like a saturated world of digital marketing and social media. I actually first met Zoe on social um, and it was her wit, enthusiasm and unmistakable gangster charm that had me hanging off her every Instagram post. Um, you must go and follow Zoe on Instagram. Her handle is at Seek a Lover Dreamer and her captions and her quotes and her quirky sense of humour is just gold. It's absolute gold. So without further ado, here is the gorgeous Zoe Weldon and I hope you enjoy this interview. Oh, 
probably the best thing to do, number one, is just to explain my accent because I feel like I get asked that so often. So I'm Canadian and I've been living in Australia for 20 years um, after going to travel in India and needing somewhere pretty chilled out to come after come to after I, you know, shaved my head and was walking around in a sari with the bindi on <laughs> and, just, and exploring the world. Sounds amazing. Um, yeah, well, you know, it was actually amazing because it was perfect for me because I was studying science at university and I was getting kind of hemmed in a lot and I, and I felt like I had a little bit more of a creative side within me and I didn't know how to explore it. And so going to India was probably the best way I could have done that for myself at that time. So I kind of cut loose then. Yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, and I, I guess I I like to think of myself as, I like I love thinking about myself as being maybe, you know, like a rebel who loves to play by her own rules and um, really striving to live as vulnerably as I can. And I'm really, I'm super fascinated by human connection. Um, like I love how it happens, why it happens, um, and how it kind of translates into the business world. And I think when you say, you know, when you asked how Secret Lover Dreamer came about, I think that was a big part of it was that drive to understand connection even more. And for me, I was, I've been working at uh, head office at Lululemon for you know six years and I had loved it and I'd helped grow them across Australia and New Zealand. Um, and then I just decided to time out and try and figure out for myself what, um, who, not what, but who I was. Because to be honest, at that time, I didn't actually really know much more of who I was as an individual and what my driving force was outside of. I loved connection. I loved people. So for me, it meant taking six months off and just basically like meditating, learning to surf, and sleeping and writing. Like it really. So pretty much living the dream is what you were I, doing. I, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think like you are. I think that's what they call it. <laughs> I think I was living the dream. It feels like I was living the dream. It was. It was. I felt very lucky at that time. It was a really super special time for myself. So, um, yeah, and it just. It's you know what's really cool is that Secret Lover Dreamer really came came about organically. It's kind of. It was one of those situations where I was. I had a business first, and I and I was pushing, and the push yeah. never gets received well. Like anytime you have to push something, it never works. And so my first business, I was pushing, it didn't work, and I kind of just let go of the reins and I had somebody say hey would you help me with my social media and I was like yeah sure and then another person and then another person so it actually really happened organically so what what was that first business out of interest oh so the first business was actually like when I say I my first business didn't do very well I ended up going and working in a bar this cute little bar that's in freshwater that's called stowaway and it was they're the nicest loveliest people and they just said, you know, like, would you have a look over our social media? So it was a small bar, and I liked their vibe, and I got to know, I loved who they were as people. Like, at their core, they were good people who were all about creating connection within the community and doing it in a really organic, authentic, like, how, you know, exactly the way they wanted to. Like, yeah. they're not playing by anybody else's rules. They're like, we don't care. It's our thing, and we just want to connect in a really lovely way. So it was cool. Like, the first one was this, you know, was this little bar clutter, and then... Um, a woman who was a manager at a gym that's in Brookvale, uh, CrossFit Athletics, said, hey, would you come and do a session for um, our team and talk to us about social media? And I tell you, I was so nervous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was so, I think I worked for a, like almost a month creating that, um, that initial like two-hour session that I did with a workshop with them because I didn't really know what I was doing. I just knew I knew stuff in my head but I'd never put it on a piece of paper before and never taught anyone. Yeah, but then, you know, you've got to start somewhere and I always find those first instances where you're just winging it <laughs> the most valuable because you learn so much, don't you? Yeah, you do. You, you learn, you learn, you know, your strengths and your weaknesses and what you're capable of and that, and the best thing is like, you know, I had, before I did that too, I always knew I wanted to, I was starting to get, not always, that's actually not true, I was starting to get that I wanted to do my own thing. So I actually asked a bunch of people that I knew in town to hook me up with somebody who was a CEO or, you know, the head of a business that was innovative and someone who was doing their own thing and said, you know, like, can I take them out for coffee and ask them 10 questions? And so I, I asked all these people these 10 questions about like, you know, 
just what would they share basically with someone who was starting their own business and I got some some really important pieces of advice and so much of that I saw come through when I started doing those first sessions about learning about yourself about how you you know stand in your own capability and just back yourself like one of the things was just like whatever you do just back yourself yeah and it takes it takes balls when you first start, you know, like oh, you have nobody telling you that you're amazing. You don't have a boss saying, that was a great job. You did a great job. Like it was just, it's just you. Or, or yeah. And then the other side of it, you've got no one giving you that constructive criticism either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're kind of exactly. stuck in this gray spot. Yeah. It's yeah. really, it's so fascinating. So it's a really interesting process starting your own business. And the thing that I never realized about it, and it's taken me a few years to get, is that it is such a personal development journey that mm. I would never have ever have known about until a few years in now. Absolutely. So let's let's talk a little bit deeper about Super Love a Dreamer and what you do there. So, mm. I mean, it's social media based, isn't it? Mm. It's, yeah, it's definitely based and it's based in social media. And actually before that, really what it's based in and what social media is, is about authentic connection. Yeah. That's, you know, everything I do is about, you know, helping businesses to authentically connect um, with their audience. And that can be through social media. It's also through imagery, it's through their branding. It's about, you know, basically creating an engaging story that's consistent and, and rad, you know, like really speaks to their community. So... Um, yeah, I, I love looking at that in different ways. So I'll work one-on-one with businesses or I also do mentoring and business masterminds. Um, you know, however, I can basically connect with those small to medium-sized businesses to help them get their voice out there. Yeah, fantastic. All right, well, that mm-hmm. kind of brings me to the topic of the podcast and why I wanted to get you on specifically to chat about this. And it's um, this whole idea of authenticity and social media. And, you know, it's been said that a brand's greatest asset is its ability to be authentic, and Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree. Um, But there's so many variants of that. You know, you've got the need to authentically express yourself as your brand. Then, you know, you sort of also have to be able to give the people what they want and what they want to hear. Um, while still elevating the brand. And then there's that murky territory, which unfortunately I see a lot of brands kind of wandering over to is this kind of concept of oversharing. They give too much of themselves. And it's like, how do you distinguish between all of those things? Mm, it's, um, it's, a really, it's a really interesting question. And it's actually one that I see so many small businesses kind of grapple with as they go into the social media world because most people learn about social media through uh, their personal accounts. And then all of a sudden, these, uh, these personal platforms that they're using, all of a sudden they're using it for business. And it's yes. such a, a weary space. So many people, so many businesses are a bit like, I just don't know, like, how do I like how much do I share how personal am I and and really when I'm chatting with them it's honestly it's it's how much people are comfortable sharing so like you know if you're this really you know big open-hearted soul and you want to deeply connect with people you know you you can bear all in a really inspiring and deeply moving way like there's um a guy that I follow, Christian Watson. He's a fellow from the States and he's got an account called 1924 US. And he calls himself a journeyman. Like he's also, he's Peter Branding, but he's a journeyman. And seriously, he wears his heart on his sleeve. And it makes me really deeply admire him. And I feel like I connect with him on a different level. Now the sharing that he does isn't like, it's on such a different way. It's like fully spoken from his heart with power. Like there's no kind of falling into this like today was a really hard day and I really struggled through today and hard, hard, hard and kind of like in this kind of um, in, the, in kind of a victim space. There's like there's so much power and yes. beauty behind how he shares that. And I think that there's real differentiation. And I think that it crosses that line for human beings as well. It's kind of like if you're walking down the street and you see someone and you're having a great day and you see someone and they're like, you know, God, I've had the, you know, the worst day. And, you know, like if I ever have to see that person again, I'll be so frustrated. You know, as human beings, it's very hard to interact and step into their space and connect with them. And it's, you know, it's very similar how you share in social media as well. It's like if you're sharing on a deep level, it's like, sharing it in a way that allows people to be able to come close and be able to share in that space with you. Yeah. And I guess it's sort of it's sort of like are you, are you sharing 
are, are you sharing as a victim or are mm-hmm. you sharing to help inspire others? Like what is the intention behind that? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. and that's the biggest thing too. Like if you're sharing from a place of, and I think it's, if you're sharing from a place of just wanting to kind of like put it out there, like, oh, hard work. It's very hard to, it's like, what are you going to do? Like double tap and like it? Like, oh yeah, I like that your day is crap. Like it doesn't doesn't allow someone to like come into your world. But if you need to, if you want to share that from a place of, you know what? I want other people to know that being a small business owner isn't all roses and cherries and like, Mm -hmm. you know, like going surfing in the middle of the day. Like it's, there's difficulty to it. But I think exactly as you said, like if your intention behind that is not to just dump, but to share in a way that makes other people feel like, you know, I feel you. Yeah. I know what you're going to. Yeah. That changes the tone and the direction and the intention of the way that you actually share in your post. And um, Daniela Port, who's you know incredible, she's amazing. An, oh, she's amazing. And she wrote a really interesting article that I read a few years ago, and it was about how when she first started out, she was like, "Okay, these are my four pillars about what I'm going to talk about." So I'm going to talk about you know these four different areas. And that's when she was writing her blog. This is a while ago when she was writing her blogs. And then when she actually started writing every once in a while, deeply from her heart of like, man, today was really hard. Like it was really difficult. And what it made me do is it made me reach deep inside and it made me, you know, find this about about myself. And there was, it was kind of like, again, there was a sense of empowerment behind that 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 is where people had the opportunity to really connect with her. And that's when she really kind of exploded from recognizing of being able to share from a really intentional, empowered way that it allowed people to feel that they could get close to her. And that basically what it is, is is being vulnerable and being human. Like, you know, it's not all roses and you can share that with people. Absolutely. And I think, I think that's the key. I mean, Brene Brown talks about it a lot as well, but you know, in order to be in, well, this is coming full circle now. So that in order to be vulnerable, you have to be authentic. You can't be inauthentically vulnerable. It does not work. Doesn't, doesn't exist, does it? So is that, is that something that you find that you have to um, broach with brands when they first come on and work with you or is that something that sort of happens organically as they as they start promoting themselves being authentic yeah yeah it's it's something that some people know that they have to but they don't really know how to and some people are quite shy Mm. to show that side of themselves and so I think it's just like a great example is I was working with a really beautiful photographer who takes amazing work. He was actually, it was, he was my very first client, um, who was kind of the first big leap into starting my own business. And he was just like, I just, I hate putting stuff up on social media because it's kind of like, look at me, I'm so amazing. And the conversation that I had with him was, but does that, is that authentically you or is that authentically who you are as a person? He's like, no. And I was like, so authentically tell me about you. And what it came down to is that he wanted people to see the world differently. Mm. And so it was like, if you want people to see the world differently, then show the world, which is on the other side of the internet, show them how you see the world and yeah. inspire them to be able to see that. And so the intention behind what you post, it's not to say I'm amazing, it's you're amazing, see how you see the world. And this is how you could see the world. Yeah. And this is how I see the world. And, and like, and share it from that perspective. So it's, you know, some people can start with, you know, being authentic within themselves but not knowing how to express it. And other people are just unsure of how to actually express that. And then some people I've had to work with is to get them onto the other side of the line, which was, it's not about selling. It's about authentically connecting with people. Yeah. And that is, is a shift. And that's actually one of my, most favorite things and it was actually a big driver to keep me going with Seeker Lover Dreamer was watching people move from a place of like sales that to into a place of being authentically themselves and communicating from a place of like of this is what we're about this is where our passion our heartbeat this is where it all beats from yeah and to see them go like oh my god like when you share like that like it's such a shift like I remember when I was working with Eat Fit Food and we had this like amazing shift and they really wanted to connect with um, people in a bigger way. So we started holding events and uh, Bianca, who I adore, she's the owner and she came up to me after the first event. She's like, Zoe, like 
I had so many beautiful conversations with people. Like people came up and they told me about, you know, like about what was going on for them, and they wanted to to talk and to find out more about me and about why I was doing what I was doing. And it and all of a sudden it wasn't just about sales or business. It was about how people felt connected to her into their own journey yeah. it was beautiful yeah that is beautiful and um, I like what you were saying earlier about you know when you got into this business this idea of connection and it's mm. funny because a lot of people say to me you know who aren't sort of in the online world like oh what's it like having an online business you must feel so disconnected <laughs> which is hilarious because it's quite the opposite I feel so connected sometimes I feel yeah. too connected <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's so true. It's like it's an amazing opportunity to be able to connect with people on such an intimate level and and globally too. Like yeah. not just within your direct community, you get to connect with people all over the world. Yeah, absolutely. Which kind of brings me to my next question. You know, we are two ladies in our 30s um, and we're lucky enough to be at that age to have experienced life before social media. Although mm. I don't really remember it, but I hear stories. Um, you know, how, how did we survive? I mean, like personally, of course, interacting, we're, we're all over it now. But how did businesses, I mean, how were they promoting themselves before social? Mm. Well, you know, it was in a really kind of dry format because mm. it didn't allow people to take to go along a brand journey with them at all. It was, you know, mass marketing. It was ads. It was TV commercials. It was radio. So it was being talked at. Yeah. You know, like, like you should do this. You need this. This will change your life. Like, it was all kind of, it was so loud in a very different way because there was no connection component to it. It was trying to manipulate us into believing that our lives would be nothing without that piece. So it would be like, you know, ads and magazines and, you know, when you go to the movies and there'd be the ad up on the TV screen or the biggest one, which I'm seeing people transitioning out of now is, is um, pamphlets, you know, flyer drops. Yes. And, you know, putting ads in newspapers and magazines, which is fascinating because someone will drop $7,000, $10,000 on an ad and there's no traction to know, did it work? Like I've, I've had so many conversations um, many years ago around advertising and being like, cool, so do you know what happened from it? They're like, I don't know. No, there's no way of tracking I, it. There's no way of tracking it. So like that's a huge drop of cash and that kind of sits in this like hope marketing. I'm like, God, I hope it did something. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And how, how, do you, how do you measure how much money to spend on it, what, you know, what its value is, what it's worth? Yeah, when you can't measure it, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and it's really interesting too because with that is that, you know, the brand journey is so important because there's this, you know, the way things have changed within business and, you know, ultimately with how people are marketed to is that when you had all these, you had the internet come along and you had, you know, all these people given so much choice so they could go with whoever or wherever they wanted to go, loyalty became this huge issue it was such a big issue for people and you know loyalty kind of begins with a basic core desire and, and need in human beings it's this mm. this need to feel that they belong like it's at it's at our core so and to belong someone has to feel that they know someone and you don't feel that you know someone through seeing an ad no. you know it's there's no there's no way to feel connected to that so and there's this beautiful cycle that I've started to to see and it was like like I got to learn it so heavily at Lululemon but now as more businesses are taking it on I'm seeing it more and more is this beautiful cycle of like feeling like you know someone or a business trusting them feeling like you belong and then creating that sense of of loyalty and the switch there has come about and the way you make people feel. Mm. And that's the twist. And it's been, I saw Danielle Laporte come out recently with her book that's all about like connecting to your feelings and the way that you set your goals. It's not like I need to, you know, have a checklist. It's how do you want to feel? Yeah. Like, and that's the same thing for businesses is if you can allow someone to feel that they know you, you know, and allow them to, to be let in and to, you know, share with them and confide in them. That's, you know, obviously that's the beautiful thing about social media. You allow them to take them on this beautiful cycle of allowing them to feel a particular way, then they trust you, then they feel they belong, and then you create loyalty within this 
tribe, and that's a new word that we've seen come out, and it really, tribe comes from this sense of that desire to belong, and feeling like you could be loyal to this group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which kind of which kind of brings me to another thing I wanted to chat to you about. I was going to wait till a bit later, but let's do it now. Is this <laughs> is this idea of tribes and building relationships with people through social? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, professional and personal. I mean, I have a bunch of close girlfriends who I met on social media. Um, you know, yeah. it's like I say, it's like Tinder for friendships. You already it know is. what they're into, where they brunch, who they're having dinner with. <laughs> you, know, you, you don't have to ask the questions. Um, but, you know, aside from friendships, it's also a really amazing way to build professional relationships, isn't it? Oh, hugely. And it's just, the, I feel like now, and we talked about this before because it was something that really fascinated me, is that I feel like more and more people are saying, um, oh, I met them on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, we're friends through Instagram, which is fascinating to me that that's now coming about that you're meeting strangers because you've connected on the internet and and really from a place of we we like the same things we have similar values we have the similar aesthetic and that happens the exact same way for businesses because as much as it's a business the only thing that's behind a business is a person yes it's people so it's like cool there's a collection of people who dig this thing I'm a person who digs that thing and let's hang out because we all dig the same thing because who you know like I would love to sit around and talk to a whole bunch of people about puppy dogs and cold brew coffee and you know, like <laughs> that would make me very very happy you know like yeah. it's and it is it's so interesting for businesses because we're connecting on so many levels of being value-based, you know, similar value-based and like-minded souls and what drives our business. And, you know, we're in this, the age of the entrepreneur as well. So all of these people coming out and starting their own businesses and, you know, wanting to connect with other people that are, you know, can be potential collaborators or, you know, people that have a similar interest or how do we support each other? Because now you have these kind of silo businesses and business people who need other people to be a support network and so people are reaching out through social media and not just through Instagram like LinkedIn is a very Mm. powerful tool like I've created some incredible relationships through LinkedIn and um, you know and there's so many different degrees of how you want to connect with people if you know Facebook Instagram Snapchat Twitter LinkedIn like there's there's just so many ways to build a relationship with somebody because it allows you to like slowly kind of nurture a relationship instead of just calling somebody up and cold calling the business and being like hi there I'd love to meet you and you know chat Absolutely. about how businesses work like I have no idea who you are on the other side of the line but if we've interacted on Instagram I can go onto you know onto your Instagram account and see the kind of things that you like and the aesthetic that you dig and I find you on LinkedIn and you've written a compelling bio that tells me a story that I feel like I connect with you like mm. I'm so much more inclined to reach out to you to want to just shoot the shit you know just hang out and chat yeah absolutely and then and then stalk you no <laughs> 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 so, I mean, what is, what is the etiquette? Like, what is the etiquette on social, do you think, in terms of approaching people online? And then on the flip side, something that I would love to talk to you about is the etiquette of when you see these people in the flesh. You know, like, <laughs> I've definitely had those mortifying moments where you go up to someone who you've been talking to for months and you go, hi, and they look at you like, who the hell are you? Or or someone comes running up to you and they're like, Jordana, Jordana, and you're like, oh, my God, I have no idea who this person is. But I should know. You know, like, what's the etiquette with all of this? There's no there's no rule book. There is no rule book. It's, it's, so, it's so funny. I think about that, too, because there's an amazing photographer who lives in Melbourne, and I had driven down to Melbourne, and I was driving down the road, and I saw her, and I wanted to yell out to her, but I thought... I was in traffic, and what? How do I explain it? Like, I follow you on Instagram. I take your photos. Like, really? It's just it's so funny. So I think, um, yeah. So sorry, I got excited there. So your first question is about um, etiquette around approaching people on social media. Yes. Okay. I think you know it's very similar to how you would approach somebody in person. And it comes down to the way that you're um, chatting with someone. Like, I actually went to a really fascinating chat last night, and we had the um, executive producer of Channel 10 and the executive producer of ABC Radio, and talking about how do you pitch to radio and television. And what I love that they were saying is that if you ever email someone, we're still people. 
You know, we still want you to be an interactive, you know, engaging conversation. Just don't be like, I have this great project and I want to pitch it to you. Like, there's nobody who likes that. Nobody wants to be sold to. Everybody wants to, like, be communicated with and talked to. So, you know, it's like opening up opening up an email that you're sending to someone and be like, you know, I, I really love what I've seen, you know, I've been following you on Instagram, I really love your aesthetic and, you know, that I, you know, that time that you went off to Portugal and you found that amazing guy who made tea, like, wow, that blew me away and I immediately went out and I bought some tea. Now, number one, you're engaging with me and telling me a story. Yeah. So you're actually, and the other thing is that it means that you've actually checked me out. You're not just blanket emailing me and just sending me, you know, like a random comment of, I want to connect with you. So it's being authentic in that kind of communication. And I think it really comes down to is just talking to people like they're people, yes. you know, and, and recognizing the person on the other line is, you know, it's just exactly how you'd introduce yourself. If you went up to somebody at a dinner and that you'd never met, you wouldn't go up and be like, hi there, I'm Zoe. I've got a business called Secret Lover Dreamer and I've got a product <laughs> that you're going to love. Like, oh my God, never. You know, like that's just human. It's icky. very bad. It's icky. Yeah. You would never do that. So you would probably, you know, like, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, how do you know so-and-so who's here? And cool, you know, like, how's your day been? And the one that I love throwing out because I'm not, I, you know, I'm interested in what you do, but I'm more interested about, like, what do you do that sets your heart on fire? Yeah. You know, like, what finding out more about what that person is. So I think when it comes to etiquette, like, there's um, a woman that I follow, and her name is Emily, I-M-E-H-L-Y, and she is a stylist in Perth, and I found her on Instagram, and I loved her photos, and I went through her account, and I was like, oh, I just couldn't help, but like, I liked a couple of photos, and I made some very simple comments on a couple, because the things that she had in the photos were beautiful, and she actually came back and responded to every comment I made, and not from a thank you so much. It was like, oh my God, you're such a sweetheart. Thank you so much. You know, like it's been so cute to watch you kind of trip through my page and interact with me. Yeah, and, cute. you know, it's so nice of you to, to make such lovely comments. And if you ever want to, like the, the feather that you mentioned, there's this woman who makes it and she's an absolute dream boat. You should totally reach out to her. Mm. So all of a sudden this account that could be, you know, it could be a team of people. It could be one person. All of a sudden it became tangible and real and human and beautiful and kind and I think it's just remembering that the person who's on the other side is a human being and approaching it in very much the same manner and you'll go so much farther when you do that and I guess that's also from the the brand perspective as well is you Mm. you are a human so act like one so (laughs) when people say nice things and comment on your post then it's it's etiquette to thank them and, and write back Yeah. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And that's what, you know, that is beautiful etiquette. It shows so much, not only to that person, but anybody else who would come along and would make a comment as well. So that's such a strong thing that, you know, working with clients, especially on Facebook, it's so powerful too. But, you know, it's if somebody comments, if they... If they've been scrolling and they haven't, they've actually stopped and number one read your post, but they've liked it and maybe even taken it one step farther and commented. Mm. If you don't comment back, then it sends such a strong message of many things that, you know, you're too busy, you don't really care about Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and the, you know, the idea that that person will ever comment back is probably fairly low, yeah. but it's also for other people, like, it's such a big thing to kind of step out of the darkness and put yourself out there and make a comment to somebody and then to not be responded to. It's such a missed opportunity to connect with someone. And that is what so many people forget social media is. It's all about this connection. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the other interesting thing that I guess we should talk about is this idea of brands that are built on a personality so you know with someone at the helm of the brand what you know as businesses grow and people get really busy it's I mean you kind of get to a point where sometimes other people have to run your social media for you yeah like you have Mm. you know junior staff or people that are you know social media managers in some of the bigger companies um, running your social media accounts does that Mm. lose authenticity when there's when there's that that key person at the helm but they're not actually they're not actually behind their own social media i you know what um i think the smart businesses 
make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. I think that if you're a smart business owner and you recognize the power of social media and you recognize it as a way to create connection and loyalty with your um, customers and with you know anyone who wants to connect with your brand, then you're going to be hopefully switched on enough to know that if somebody else is managing your social media, you don't just give it to them and palm it off and be like, great, check, that's done. Like, it's, it's such a, an amazing way to connect with people. So I... I think that the smart businesses and people that I've seen do well are always checking back in. And for me, the businesses that I've worked with that have somebody else that actually manages their social media is that everything, like at least regularly, the person who's at the helm of it comes in and talks about what are they loving? Yeah. What are, are we communicating your voice? And you know, do you do you like what's being you know communicated back and forth? And how's the tone? And you know, and then also asking, we'd love you to come in. Like, come in and comment as well so that it doesn't become so detached. So I think that it's really important if a business is going to hand social media over to somebody else that they're very um, on top of what's happening on social media as an extension of their business. And they'd be, you know, a business is nothing without its people. Mm. So, and obviously running the business is very valuable, but there's no point in running a business if you have no people. You can't have a party without any friends. Absolutely. you know, it's really important for somebody, if they do hand that over, to be across it and to be interested and um, to be contributing to that to that as well. Yeah, agree. Absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so while I have you here, I want to pick your brain about everything mm-hmm. social media. Ha, 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 ha. Got so many questions. Let's start with the selfie. What do you think about the selfie? Is there a nice way to capture one? <laughs> What's the secret? The secret? Oh, my God. There's so many fun ways to do a selfie, I think. Um, I think selfies are heaps of fun. I think, you know, like, if you're going to fill your account with selfies, that's probably <laughs> probably a little bit much. Yes, agreed. Um, but I think selfies can be so lovely because if not, then your whole account is just photos of other people and not of yourself. And I think there's so many great things that you can do. There's a great app called GoCams, G-O-C-A-M. And the first time I found it, I literally, like, (laughs) I think I had to literally, like, pick my jaw up off of the ground because I was so excited about basically seeing, like, the future. Because it's an (laughs) app that is operated by a hand gesture. So it actually reads your hand. So you can place your your phone anywhere you want, and it reads your the open palm. And then it's kind of hard to explain. You open your palm, it registers your palm, you close your hand, and as you have your hand closed, it ticks down the amount of seconds you want to get ready for your selfie. And then you release your hand, and it takes a picture of you from afar. Yeah, wow. Just so cool. Like, obviously, Apple has switched on to that because now the Apple Watch, they have it so that you can set your phone up anywhere and you can control how the photo gets taken from your Apple Watch. Yeah. So, you know, it's, but GoCam is a totally free app that allows you to do that, which is so fun. Um, the other thing that I love in the way of a selfie is that um, is different perspectives. You know, so many people can take, like, the classic shot of just, like, looking at it, you know, looking into the camera, but there's so many fun ways to do it. You could put it on the ground and look down at it and, you know, be in a circle. You could put the camera up in the air and, you know, different perspectives make selfies a lot more fun. And then the other thing that so many people don't know about, and every time I find out a new thing about it, it blows my mind, <laughs> is the your Apple headphones. Oh, yeah. So the headphones that you get from um, Apple are the most, they are the smartest little device I've ever seen in my life. And the plus and there's a plus and a negative sign on it, and then there's a little dip in the actual headphones. And when you press the plus when it's attached to your phone, it will take the photo for you. Oh. So you can set your phone up, and it's kind of like, you know, like those old school. It reminds me of like back in the day when you had like a cord that would come from your camera, and you would hold it, and you would take pictures of yourself yeah, using yeah. that cord. <laughs> Exactly the same thing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I, my Apple headphones always break, so mm. obviously not using them properly. Oh, I yeah. know. And it's such a shame because you can pause you like you can pause music when you're listening to it. You can double tap it and it shuffles your music. You can you know, there's so much you can do with your headphones. Yeah, and wow. but the selfie one is quite fun. Okay. I'm gonna have to mm. get another pair for sure. Yeah. Um so I guess speaking of selfies, what about what about all these people on social who have built their fame purely from their social media accounts and there's there's no extra offering? I guess um they call them what like influencers mm, yeah um it's funny i i think that you know it depends so much on 
um, why they built their fame and what they're doing with it. So, like, I follow people on Instagram that have they've got no offering, but the but what they share is the ones that I love are the most divine, encouraging, kind, mm. thoughtful comments, and they're on life. And you know, their posts actually make me smile and appreciate a moment and feel encouraged. And if that's what they're offering to me, you know, if that's what they're using with their fame, then you know, I I really appreciate it because there are so many people that use that space without an offering just to to share that kind of you know really loving captures on life and then of course there's also the people who just like you know this is me traveling around the world this is phenomenal this is my life this is great you know (laughs) which is hilarious but it kind of you know there's a part of it that is where social media became so popular was that it allowed people to be voyeurs it allowed yeah. people to step into other people's lives. So, you know, if it's not done from a way of like, oh my God, my life is so amazing and yours isn't, mm. then like, I'm just not going to follow them. Like, that's the thing that we forget. We have choice with who we want to follow. Absolutely. That's the most beautiful thing. So, you know, like, is finding the influencers that have something to share who I get to be a voyeur in their life. And you know what? Maybe, you know, in the middle of summertime in Australia, I, I want to see the world of someone who's a snowboarder and their life is so amazing and it's not done from, you know, earning bragging rights it's just like this is my life and it's macking yeah just yeah. like yeah man like your life is awesome that's so cool <laughs> that you appreciate it yeah no absolutely mm. um so can you can you explain to us the difference between having a lot of followers mm. and having a really strong engagement mm. yeah this is my favorite topic and i love that it's becoming more and more Popular and people are understanding that there's a shift there because for so long it was just like, oh my god, I have a hundred thousand followers on Facebook, and it was like, cool, what are you doing with them? Mm-hmm. Like, are they, are they, are you engaging with them? Do they like what you're doing? And it's just like, oh, but it's all about the numbers. And it was for so long just about building up numbers, but we've kind of, I think, what's cool is that businesses have seen that you know you've got a follower, which are just the people who follow your page, and then you've got engagement, and these are people who like comment or share your post and then and that's really where the gold lies um it's how you actually build your community and how you build a tribe like that's how you build people around you is actually the engagement component not necessarily the followers and there was um an article that came out oh like last year and it was really interesting it was all about like the average interactions based on a page size so they said like if you had between one and ten thousand fans you would get an average of 28 likes and if you had as your numbers went up like you start to have like a hundred thousand fans then you would get an average of like 385 people liking your post Mm. so that's great that you're they're liking it but what do they do with that yeah like, are you talking to them? Do they know you? Are you taking them on a brand journey? Are you allowing them to engage with you so that they feel that they have an opportunity to know you? And that's where the engagement part is, is is so valuable, where you stop and communicate with people because then you become, instead of this two-dimensional sitting behind a screen, you become a three-dimensional human. Yeah. And when you're a person, that's when you allow for connection to happen. And like, it's you know, for that pure pure reason is being able to create a beautiful interaction and relationship with people where they feel connected so that you can go back to that that cycle that we talked about in the beginning, which is that feeling trust, belong, and loyalty. You know, yeah. that's where engagement allows that to happen. And then on the other side of that, it also helps with all of the algorithms that sit in the back end of Facebook and on Instagram. Facebook is so prevalent because they started pretty much with like three points of how you engage with people is, you know, how you would see things come up. And then they expanded that to a hundred thousand points of how you interact on Facebook dictates what you see in your feed. And so only 2% of people who like your Facebook business page legitimately will see your post. So it's a very low number, but there are organic ways to be able to shift that. So the more that you have engagement with a post, yeah. the more Facebook will push that post into people's feed. Okay, so is that, is that people commenting, sharing? Liking. Liking, yeah. okay. Yeah, every time they're engaging. So every time, like, there's a difference with, and people see the word reach. It's like, oh, wow, my, my post reached a 1,000 people. Reach just meant means that when I'm scrolling, your post came through my feed. Mm. 
but I didn't stop on it. I didn't read it. I didn't do anything with it. So the engagement component is so valuable because it means that the more it is engaged with, the more that puts it into people's feed feeds and the more opportunity there are for people to then engage with it more. Okay. So how do we, how do we encourage engagement? Mm, Encourage engagement. I think it comes down to, goes back to authenticity you know, really thinking about what do your people need from you? You know, are you sharing valuable content for people? And if you're sharing valuable content and you're authentic with your voice, um, then you allow for people to feel that they can connect with you, number one. Number two is when somebody engages, engage back. So that's a big way. That's a fancy way of thinking. If someone comments, comment back. Yeah. And tag that person in the post and, you know, talk to them because that's, creating engagement right there is it's just it's a really natural way of using social media in the way it's meant to be used so you're actually engaging with them and then the other thing is posting regularly so the more regularly you post the more people see your post gives them a more a larger opportunity to engage with it and and it builds up and that's another point that sits in the back end within those algorithms is that the that the more somebody interacts with an author, the more that person will see that page. So every time the Inspired Table posts something, if I engage with it, so if I like it or if I comment and share on it, one of the little algorithms goes, ah, Zoe really digs stuff that the Inspired Table posts. Yeah. So when she posts something, we're going to put that into Zoe's feed. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, using the Inspired Table as an example, I do notice that the people that are liking it there's the same people liking it all the time Mm. and it's obviously because you know the more they like it the more it's popping up in their feed where there's all those other thousands of people who aren't actually even seeing it yeah and that's where in facebook land you have to pay to play yeah and so yeah so Mm. there's no way around that is there well no to be honest like it's really and the thing is is that back in the day for you to get that kind of exposure you would have which is what we talked about in the very beginning you would have had to do a $10,000 ad and put it in a magazine and then hope that people engage with you and you'd have no like there's no way for you to gauge who would engage with you like it, they could be your customer, they could not be. They could be a little kid who picked up your, the magazine and you know used it to sit on, or yeah. you know it could be someone who saw it on a bus. Whereas with Facebook and with Instagram, you get to really hone the exact people who dig what you do and have opted in to receive your content. Have said, "Yep, like I want to see that person's stuff." So if you take the ten thousand dollars and imagine you broke down ten thousand dollars across a year that would give you my math is not very good but (laughs) less than a thousand dollars per month to spend on marketing and advertising so then if you took that and you put that into something like Facebook and you talk directly to your people your tribe your community that's just the value in that is yeah. so important. It's so incredible. Yeah, and you—I mean—you can target specifically who you want to see that post, can't you? In oh, terms yeah. of in terms of um, demographics. Mm, yeah. yeah, demographics. You can target it for what they like. You can target your competitors. You can, you know, like it's—it's it's fascinating what you can do within that. And what's so beautiful is that it allows for that third-person recommendation, which is the heart of why bloggers are powerful and why social media is powerful is because it's kind of, it's that social proof of if something came up in my feed and it said, you know what, your buddy Jordana, she really digs this page. And by boosting a post and saying that I want to, I want my fans and friends of my fans to like it, that increases your reach because all of a sudden you get that third party recommendation, which is like, you could be some random um, business, or you could be the business that your buddy likes, that your friend likes, and you're like, oh, I might check them out. So it makes you stop, and that's what social media like. That's why good content is so amazing because what you want people to do is to stop, pause, and listen. Like, <laughs> listen to. That's what we all want, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. It just to- reminded me of a rap song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dancing right now. It doesn't look pretty, but I'm, I'm doing it. Oh, I can see you. Don't you worry about that. Um, so, I mean, look, I'll use myself as an example here. My biggest following and engagement is on Instagram. Oh, yeah. But you cannot, I mean, other than the link that's in your profile, there's, mm. no, there's no link through. There's no way of tracing what happens through there. There's no way of sort of knowing what that engagement is producing for you in terms of 
your brand and the value mm. of your brand. So, I mean, ideally, ideally, the 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 goal would be to sort of move over to Facebook, which I definitely use, but it just doesn't it just doesn't feel like the right space for me. Everything I do is very visual and. So you know how can you how can you make the most out of um, Instagram and make it work make it work for your mm. business? Well, I think what's cool is that you know like for what you do, that is just like on on Instagram, fashion, food, and fitness. Yeah. Like those three categories have ex- have exploded, and that's what people are going to to be inspired. That's what they're looking for, um, and so having food photos absolutely you know like your reach will be incredible I think that for you what people need is that like I can look at your picture and like your food but it's up to you to show me in a soft sell way how do I number one what's your service and how do I have how do I engage with your service yeah and it's being able to utilize your captions to be able to guide people to know what to do and you know like letting them know that they can you know click on your link in your bio to find out more and change that link up like that is the that is like right now and it will change in the future but right now like that one clickable link is your little golden nugget yeah and so you know what i would do within that is there are things called bitly links yeah and bitly are yeah for for people who don't know what a bitly link is is that it basically takes a big long url and shortens it but the key piece behind that is it allows you to track it. So if you set up your own Bitly account, you can then see what days did people click on it, um, how many people clicked on it, from what part of the world did they click on it, yeah. and like that is such hugely valuable information. But instead of just putting a Bitly link in it, because I'm going to look at that and I'm going to go, well, I'm not going to go somewhere that it's like Bitly slash 016 Vive you know, V2SS. Yeah. So it's like, okay, that sounds really scary. I have no idea where you're going to send me. So it's up to you to think about that too. It's like, it's that's part of branding is what's the journey that you're taking people on. So if the journey is they see your photo and you want them to go somewhere, like put in, go in and change the caption, you know, that you have in your description within your bio and say like, click on this link to find out more about, um, or to find out about my recipes yeah. or free recipes here or like, you know, join my tribe and find out about blah, blah, blah. Click the link down here. Yeah, so I think it's changing that up and using your captions to be able to tell people about what you do and then also being like, okay, you know, using your caption to say, click the link in my bio or more info in my bio and making it really obvious, like help people out because people are short on time and they're quick to move on. That's right. So you need to make it really simple for people to gauge that information. Yeah. Um, if if you could only choose one platform, you only get one. <laughs> when, which one do you think is the most valuable for for businesses? And I mean, maybe it differs from business to business, but you know, let's say for the online online business, what what do you think is the most valuable platform? It's so it's a fascinating question, and it's something I get asked by every client I reckon Um, and it's really hard because you know you've got Facebook which has 1.3 billion people you've got clickable links you can do targeted ads Um, you can you know like there's so much opportunity to really engage with people but on the flip side only 2% of the people organically see your post and you've got somewhere like Instagram which is this delicious you know, simplistic platform that, you know, you can really strongly connect with, you know, there's 300 million people on that platform, um, but your engagement is higher on that platform, um, but there's no real way to gauge, like you can't put a lot of clickable links within it. Um, and it's funny because I listen, oh, it's such a hard question. It's so fascinating to me because to choose one is like, if you go just with Instagram, then a lot of people are, are skimming through that quite quickly and, and are they like you said before like are they going to buy your product you know like yeah. are you able to gauge where it is that they're going and I think that I, I'm going to have to say it I have to say to every client I don't know if I can pick one that's okay you don't have to I just thought I'd to ask it. The it was a very hard time <laughs> it would be very difficult like it's kind of like one feeds the other and they are if you're going to be posting on Instagram like you can use the same post and put it on Facebook and just tweak the post and then you have yeah. access in such different ways like it feels like 
it's such a shame to leave one without the other. And I hear so many amazing stories. Like I listened to this podcast the other day about this woman who's grown her account. She's got like 250,000 followers. She's exploded on Instagram. You know, she's done her own way of doing fitness. And, you know, she's, she's doing hugely well. She's become very wealthy. Um, and she's, for herself, she's done it all through Instagram. Yeah, wow. So it's just like, wow, that is that is an amazing feat. And maybe that comes down, you know what? And I do know that she did say that she posts twice a day. She spends an hour and a half responding to people um, on Instagram. So it's like she's really put her like her whole energy into mm-hmm. Instagram to really utilize that to grow it. So it's a tricky one it's very hard to answer which one would I choose if I had to go just one what if you what if you could create your very own social platform do you think there's do you think there's something we're in desperate need of or like do you think there's a nice hybrid of all of them that we could create <laughs> what, what, what would you want <laughs> oh what would I want I you know what I would really love like I remember the first time finding Instagram the first time I found it I feel like I'm talking about like <laughs> the first time I like they like got a dog or a pet like I, there's so much like adoration for that like that moment like I remember finding it and, and talking to people about this thing called Instagram and I remember it was this like we were doing a huge like Melbourne's first giant warehouse sale for Lululemon and we were talking about this platform called Instagram that we should use like I don't know how do you use it and I actually my very first photo is uh, is me and like I hired two girls and I was like listen they're just going to be Instagramming and tweeting and Facebooking and they're like cool what was that one you said in the middle and I was like it's called Instagram <laughs> like oh okay cool I have no idea what that is and like us like kind of pouring over this over yeah. the screens on a computer on our phones being like I don't know how this thing works I have no idea but it was it was so simple and pure and all about the imagery and I still love Instagram but I do see how it's kind of flipped into quite a commercial space and yeah. I, I kind of as much as I still and I do like I love Instagram and we'll get lost for hours but I do kind of miss when it was super pure and innocent you know like it like if I was to have something it would be that kind of that innocent version of Instagram and in that beginning stages and you know it was it was just all about the visuals and truly connecting in the end. There was such beautiful, um, what's it called, like social manners. Yeah. You know, like you would never repost someone's photo without, without you know, like giving them major kudos. And there was this kind of, there was this unspoken kind of secret society kind of thing. <laughs> Instagram society. It. <laughs> it was really lovely. So I think, you know, it's not coming up with anything new, but I would, you know, it's when Instagram was in its first stages in that really kind of blissful interactive space. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. Well, maybe maybe one day we will get back there, Zoe. Maybe we will. In, in our own utopia. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. But can yeah. you um, maybe let people know where they can find you? Yeah, oh yeah. Um, you can find me on Facebook as Seeker Lover Dreamer, Instagram as Seeker Lover Dreamer, um, Twitter I'm Seeker Lover Dreamer, but I'm just like DRMR. And then I'm on Snapchat and LinkedIn as Zoe Weldon and yeah, Seeker Lover Dreamer on LinkedIn. So all over I'll, the place. I'll put, I'll put all of that in the show notes so people can just link straight through. Um, and have you got have you got anything coming up? Have you got any workshops or? Mm, I've got a couple little things bubbling under the surface. Um, I am about to launch it. I actually just put up, which is very cool. I literally just put up my very first um, ad to hire somebody. Um, so I'm going to be extending a kind of a done-for-you package, but it's this it's so fun because it's the more creative side of things that I love to do. So being able to work with businesses to do their, their social, but also video and imagery and um, you know, like the whole kind of creative expression of that yeah, brand. Beautiful. So, um, a lot more, yeah, a lot of like one-on-ones and, you know, still working within the business masterminds too. So, but I've got a couple other things bubbling that I, I'm looking forward to launching in 2016 when I come back from my Canada trip. Amazing. Well, I look forward to seeing all of them. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Jordana. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate it if you would leave me a rating or review in itunes the trick is you can't do it through the iphone podcast app you have to go directly into the itunes store on your desktop i know it takes a few minutes longer 
but I would really appreciate it. It's the only way that Apple will feature you and I really want as many people listening to this podcast as possible. In the meantime, for the show notes, head on over to the blog, theinspiredtable.com.au or you can find me on Instagram at theinspiredtable or over on Facebook. In the meantime, have an inspirational week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 